Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to be talking about the 1996 film Mars Attacks. But before we get into that, we have some exciting news. Uh, this weekend, as part of their awareness-a-thon, we'll be joining victims and villains over on their Twitch stream uh, as part of their 24-hour awareness-a-thon to bring awareness to mental health resources for anyone who would need them. It's a great event. We did this once before. It's actually what got us into Twitch streaming to begin with. Um, so it's a great time. There's some great streamers on there. Collateral gaming podcast, collateral cinema, Nerf, our friends over at Nerf Herder assembles are going to be there. Um, a whole bunch of amazing shows going from noon on set noon Eastern on Saturday through noon on Sunday. Uh, wow. Devin and I will be part participating on Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll be giving our review of the first two episodes of Marvel's What What If. And it's going to be exciting. Giving our own versions of What If for some other films. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. I've, I've got one of mine already all outlined in my head. Um, I, I'm having trouble with it, and I mentioned to you this before. My thing is, I don't want to say, okay, what if this movie, but it didn't suck. <laughs> and I'm having a really hard time not doing that. So yeah. yeah, I know, but that's on par for you. So I think you should just do it. <laughs> it, it is on par for you. Uh, I'll tell you, for the one that I'm doing, doing, I pretty much just, what if two characters were switched and went with that? And it like changes the whole third act of the film. Oh, so. see, I like that, though. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like, yeah, it's going to be like an episode of The Twilight Zone. It'll be bananas. Well, there's also people that does that, do that. Like, there's a whole series on YouTube called, like, What If the Prequel Trilogy Was Good? And literally, he takes the same basis that George Lucas gives him and builds on it. And this was back when it was, like, I mean, this is years and years ago, and it was okay to, to like, dump on the prequel trilogy. It was uh, never okay to dump on the prequel tr trilogy. Can we just get that out there now? It was never okay. It became fashionable for a while. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. So he got um, pretty... So it's going to be like that, like script doctoring, basically. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and there's going to be a bonus, and I'm going to plug it this time, Alan. I'm taking the taking the thunder it. away from Do you. Do it. So <laughs> just before that, Sunday morning, oh my gosh, I think it's like four to six your time or something like that, or six to eight your time. Yeah. Uh, early, early in the morning, if you want to wake up to a nice slice of Devin... I'll be game streaming for two hours. I'll be streaming the game uh, Destroy All Humans, which is a direct tie-in to this podcast. If you like watching humans get killed by Martians, definitely tune in. It's going to be a wonderful time. I love this game. I played it when I was young. I want to come. I want to hang out. I want to talk about Martians. I'll reword that sentence in post. If you want to hear more of our thoughts on this prequel trilogy, I just put the link to our uh, Revenge of the Sith commentary <laughs> in the <That's> chat. Right. <laughs> oh, um, it's a good one. But I also just put the link to twi to the Twitch channel where the Awareness-a-thon will be happening this weekend. Head on over uh, to just open another tab. Go on over to our friends at Victims of Villains and just give them a follow. It's going to be mm -hmm. a great show this weekend. I'm really looking forward to being part of it again. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Sadly, D Ryan can't make it. Um, but it happens. No big deal. These things happen. 
we already got a bit of Ryan's what if, so we'll be sharing that on the show yeah. as well. well. We'll we'll be sure to butcher yeah. that on Sunday for you. Uh, <laughs> that, that that's perfectly we'll, fine. We'll make it sound but, like the worst idea. But Ryan, since you won't be here on Sunday, have you watched anything yeah. recently you want to talk about? Actually, yeah. So uh, I've been looking forward to the movie The Little Things. Okay. Uh, if that's the right that's the right name of it, because yes. I just saw it recently, and I'm. Like if you okay, so it's a Denzel Washington movie. As soon as I knew that that that, that it was um, Denzel Washington, I wanted to watch. Out the guy who played Freddie Mercury, uh, and the guy who's in Mr. Robot, he's in it. Um, and then Jared uh, Leto's in it. Jared uh, Jared Leto's in it. I can tell wow. that Devin's already looking it up on Google. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> we also have the poster on the mm. screen. So. We also have the poster oh, on the screen. Um, it is a crime thriller, and Denzel Washington plays a cop. Uh, Ramy, uh, if I get that part, yeah. Rami uh, plays a detective, and uh, I can't, I'm having really bad issues with people's <laughs> names right now. Uh, the Joker plays well. One of the Jokers uh, plays a uh, the suspect. I guess it's is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, And without giving anything away, because I don't want to give anything away, um, I would rate this movie like a solid eight. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, There's a few scenes in it, and there's a few times where I'm like, "Eh, okay, whatever. It's Denzel Washington. I'm going to stay with it. (laughs) And and it's good. I mean, I I really liked it, because it, it, makes you second guess everything which is great because denzel washington's character is second guessing everything while he's being confident and it's just it's a great performance by him it's a great performance by everyone in it and it's it it's a good crime thriller well and i like crime thrillers thrillers that do that where like i i've seen crime thrillers before where the audience knows more than the main character does and the main character feels stupid through a lot of their decisions like and and i guess the filmmakers asking you to put yourself in their shoes without without like giving you that non-information that they have and it sounds like in this one is it that like you know what denzel knows and know more than what denzel knows uh oh really not hard to answer um not because i don't want to spoil anything Mm -hmm. but simply because you're okay. coming across yeah. clues as he does. Okay. Okay. And you're also seeing what he's dealing with himself, along with everybody else. Okay. Um, but Alan likes to use the phrase "chewing through the scenery" or "chewing through the the scene." Chewing yeah. the scenery. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Chewing the scenery. There's a there's a part in this film where Leto does that spectacularly, like like. To, to the point where the things he was saying and doing is like sickening and disgusting, but they were making Kristen and I laugh through it because it's just like, oh my god, he actually said that, and you're just laughing because of the situation that he's in. Okay. Um, so yeah, I I highly recommend it. I feel like that's the energy he wanted to bring to the Joker. I think. Oh no! It I wouldn't be surprised if he was taking half of the Joker character as this person. Oh, wow. 
we talked a little bit last week about the Joker stuff with uh, David Ayer's cut of the Su- of Suicide Squad. So I don't, yeah. I can't really judge his Joker on anything that I've seen. So I'm just gonna let that let that be. Uh, the only the only person that draws me to this movie is Denzel. Um, Jared Leto doesn't really sell me on it, and I'm still I still haven't been sold completely on Rami Malek. Because you no, know, really? You know my feelings about Bohemian Rhapsody. So fair, but all you because, haven't seen all Mr. because Robot? he didn't sing. All because he no, didn't sing. No, he he's fine <laughs> in that movie. It's just not him being in a movie is not enough to make me want to watch it. Um, hmm. I I think if I, anything's going to change your mind, it's going to be Mr. Robot. If you watch that TV I need, show, I, think I need it'll to watch Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. I am intrigued as him with him as the bond villain. So yes, now that this is, yeah. ba- now that this is back on HBO max, I might give it a shot, but De- oh, cool. I- I'm always out for Denzel. Yeah. yeah. So. And, and the one thing that did make me a little sad when we started the movie and they showed Denzel and Kristen said, Oh, he has old man eyes now. Oh no. Like <laughs> it's the first movie you watch and it's like, he's getting the whole Harrison Ford thing where like, no matter what he's in, like he always looks tired. Like, he has that look on his face now. But it plays well for what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm... Um, I feel like it had to have been a choice to, like, be okay Um, with him. Not be okay, but, like, have him look like that. Because they can can change Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, no, no, no. They, They can, but there's even a few times in the movie where a character, like, reference, like, they say sarcastically, you look good. (laughs) <laughs> so i mean it's de- they definitely played into it but even yeah. on the scenes where he's not being mopey like you can tell like he's just he he's at that point where i don't see them casting him as anything else than like the retired cop the retired fbi agent like all of his past roles just retired now got it yeah that makes sense though all right um anything else on the little things do you recommend checking it out oh highly Okay. Um, Devin, did you watch anything? No, I uh, nothing that I'm proud to talk about on the, <laughs> on the podcast. You got, you got Rick honest. on Fortnite, though. You finally got Rick. I got guys. Oh. I got Rick on Fortnite. If you were watching me on the stream last night, thanks for coming. We had a bunch of people there. I finally got Rick. I'm now moving on to my new video game thing. We're launching it on Friday. I'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. Yeah, um, I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I had an interesting weekend. Um, this is not a this was not a typical weekend for me because I did something I haven't done in years on Friday night and that was I went to a concert no uh I went to the hell on mega tour and I got to see Weezer <laughs> Fallout Boy and Green Day and I just want to rub it in your guys's faces a little bit more <laughs> than I got to see these guys um I mean, I'm jealous. I really am. It was an amazing show. All three bands were great. Green Day absolutely stole the show for me. Yeah. Um, but this does tie into a movie thing because something weird happened during the Fallout Boy show segment of the show. Um, they had a video introduction with Ron Livingston from Office Space. Oh, weird! Interesting. Like, he comes on. He comes on the screens like kind of like Rod Sterling in the Twilight Zone, and like yeah. introduces Fallout Boy. And it's get, it gets really quiet, and I just yell, "Show us your TPS reports!" And <laughs> the, the guy in front of me just turns around and is like, 
Nice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh-huh. but po- on in podcast related news, um, mm-hmm. I ran into somebody a row in front of me at the show who is agreed to be a guest on the show. Um, they were one row in front of you. They were one row, one row in front of me. Like I was in like seat twenty one. They were in like seat three. Um, my Devin and I's high school band director was like right there. <laughs> at, the, at the stands with us. And it was weird because I kept glancing over and seeing him standing there. I felt like I was back at championships at Hershey Stadium. Like, That's awkward. Like he was chaperoning. I was like, this this is taking me back to high school. This is weird. Uh, but he agreed <laughs> to be on the show. Uh, so th- later this fall, we'll be having uh, Daryl Balsero on the show to talk wow, about It's going to be great. So, What movie are we going to do with Daryl Balsero? I told, him, him I told him you and I keep joking that we're going to do Whiplash about the <laughs> abusive band director. <laughs> um, but he had his, his uh, wife made a suggestion that I think we might end up doing because I think it's right up all of our alleys. What is it? So uh, I, I don't want to tell you. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I guarantee it's a movie you have not seen. All right. I'm excited um, then. But yeah, uh, it was an amazing show. Uh, if you can get if you get the chance to go see the Hell Omega tour, I highly recommend it. Um, the Weezer did play Buddy Holly. That was one of their they, did they band, did they do the oh, Happy Days thing? They, 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 they didn't. Need to. They uh they did like uh, they had like glasses on the screen behind them. They didn't show the actual music video. Um, oh. I took I took a picture when they were playing Pork and Beans, and I sent it yeah. to my wife. And I wanted to send it with the with a caption, but my phone was acting up because. There were like 20,000 people there. Um, I wanted to send the pork and beans background with the caption. Weird background for uh, um, Island in the Sun. <laughs> 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 yes, that that's the... that's. A, I like Green Day, Fall Out Boy, and Weezer are just... I don't know. Like, they're bands I listen to occasionally, but like I'm not like... I'm not completely sold on either one of them to mm. see a tour where they're three out where 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 they're two out of the three acts. <laughs> well, the good news the good news for you then was Weezer and Fall Out Boy played for like an hour. Green yeah. Day played for twice that. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Well, Gre- they have a lot more. Green Day played stuff. half of American <laughs> Idiot, like the whole out, al- like half of the album. It was amazing because mm-hmm. that's like the that's the one album that's not a soundtrack I know front to back. Yeah, and they played most of it. Um, I mean, good for them because yeah. I don't and like their like mine. Uno Dos Trace album every, very much. Every every other band did their radio hits. I knew like half of the Fall Out Boy songs, mm-hmm. and I knew most of the Weezer stuff except for like their brand new stuff. Um, but it was it was an amazing show. Uh, also, highly recommend Chocolate World Inebriated. Just putting that out there. Uh, <laughs> Have I not done that? Next time you're in town, we'll. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I feel like the only great. person who doesn't know that album front to back. It's great. It's. I mean, it's a George W. Bush era protest album. You can't hate it. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But see, the thing is, at that point, I got into like, I was into the Dead Kennedys and Bad Religion. So when I wanted my like anti-government like stuff, I go mm-hmm. to like that. And then when mm-hmm. I was like. And then I heard that Green Day was coming out with like a scathing political like album. I was like, the punk pop band that just made Warning is coming out with a political 
thing and and then i heard american idiot and i heard was it uh the second song on the album like okay this is good but Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything that different than warning so i was like okay i'm good and i've just never listened to it you're like that's (laughs) cute kids we'll put it right on the fridge for you good job (laughs) well good news for you ryan you can see the uh, broadway show no i I know i know 100 would i would yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right um so speaking of real real world events Ryan, something happened in baseball last week. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. I'm please. giving Ryan a chance okay. to talk about so, baseball, guys. Like, Yes. <laughs> so I can't really discuss anything about what happened at the game because we need, like, a legal license to actually do that. Yeah. So I can't actually talk what? about the actual game. Yeah. You know how in a sports event they say that you can't talk about there's a legal phrase before each and every professional sporting game where, where like you need to get the okay from them to talk about the events of the game. I thought that was only for streaming. That's insane. Can we use hand so, signals to we, describe we, the I events of the game? I don't we, want we to can, test it. We can talk. No, we can talk about it a little bit. We can talk about the who and the what. We can't talk about the 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 how like, of the how and the yeah, like that type of the stuff. outcome. So, yeah, we can't talk um, about the outcome of a game live. We can't talk about the details. We can say it's, like it's who murky. won and lost, but it's so yeah, weird. It it's murky. So, but anyway, if Major League Baseball shuts down this stream, I will take the press. It's a victory. <laughs> I just I just want I just wanted to put it out there that if I don't talk about everything that happened during the game, there's a reason why. So, oh, fair. But I, anyway, I derailed this. Most, That's me. The most important thing is that Major League Baseball made a made a professional sized park right in the same field as where they built the park for the movie the field of dreams so the farmhouse and where they built like the smaller sized scale uh 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 baseball field um like a hundred yards next to it they built a major league sized stadium not size stadium but like a sized you know playing field Mm -hmm. um to uh, so that the White Sox and the Yankees could play a Field of Dreams game last season. COVID derailed that, so they pushed it to this year. Mm-hmm. And boy, was it a payoff. They had both teams wearing uniforms that were uh, derivative from the uniforms they wore in the 19-teens and 1920s. So it wow. was area-specific for when the players were coming out of the cornfield for uh, from the movie. Um the movie itself was talking about uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, which was a White Sox player, so they got the White Sox to play. Um, the other majority of players that showed up in Field of Dreams were Yankee players, so they had the Yankees play the White Sox. That's how those two teams got picked. But they actually put the outfield fence, and it was just corn. And so whenever a player hit a home run, the home run went into the corn and just disappeared. Um they wrapped all of the padding and all of the concrete. They wrapped all of the padding that was on the concrete walls in like, uh, like wood looking, uh, uh, fabric. Uh So that when the camera was panning, it looked like it was wood fencing and the, and the, the dugouts looked like they were like either rusted metal or made out of wood. And all of the signs in the stadium were, printed on the fabric as well but again those made those were made to look like old ceramic or old metal signs that's incredible so 
so everything was you know uh was made to look like it was all in like the 20s and 30s um there were there was only a small amount of fans that were actually there because they only made like three or four sections for fans to sit Hmm. um when they started the game they had uh uh costner come out from the outfield walk out through the corn, walk into the stadium, look around the field, and then they had the players from both teams walking two by two, making it four by four, out of the corn to the infield. And they were playing the music from the movie. Like, I'm getting chills just talking about it. Like, for a baseball fan and for a fan of that movie, I'll just put it this way. It was the most viewed game, regular season game, in 16 years. So it counted as a regular season game? Like, this wasn't just, like, a special funny thing they did for... No, this was a regular season counted game. Because it was a normal game. It was just they played it in Iowa. It was the first Major League Baseball game to be played in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Um, They they had Costner up in the booth talking about the movie and what it means to people. Um, He gave a speech at the start of it to talk about how that movie, like, meant to people. And then he's the one that kind of, like, got the game started. And, I mean, we can't really get into specifics, but the White Sox won on a home run on the bottom of the ninth. So it had everything. They got out to a lead, the Yankees came back, and then Mm. the White Sox won it, bottom of the ninth, movie-style, home, you know, uh, with with a a home run to win it. It, Chills. That's so cool. So, in another... Like that that's all amazing. I wanted to go back and watch it. I, I saw clips of it. Yeah. <coughs> the them coming out of the baseball field with Kevin Costner sounds amazing to me. Yeah. No, um, it, it was There there's a movie baseball tie in to us locally I wanted to talk to you about and I kept forgetting until now. But I have the details <laughs> up. Um Okay. Do you guys know the band The Wonders? Sounds no. familiar. Did you ever see the movie That Thing You Do? Yes, a long a while ago, but yes. So the 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 film is the band is based out of Erie, PA. Oh. Uh, and the 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 actors D- Steve Zahn, um Ethan Embry, um Guy Patterson. Oh wait, hold on. Uh Tom Everett Scott, um they're all reuniting to sing the national anthem at a uh, Erie baseball game, uh, the Erie Seawolves versus the Harrisburg Senators. Oh, no way. So they're, they're singing the national anthem, and then afterwards they're showing the movie, That Thing You Do, on the screens at the stadium. Oh, that's, that's neat. Cool. So I'm going to be taking a trip to Erie, Pennsylvania on September 4th. What's the thing is like so. this is how you get non like non baseball fans into it. Like I if I had tickets to the Field of Dreams game, I would go see the Field of Dreams game. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's one of those things that uh, Kevin Costner was talking about how the when they were interviewing him in the booth in the middle of the game, he was talking about how even with non sporting fans, the Field of Dreams appeals to people who have experienced loss. Yeah. And that's what the movie's based around. You got a guy who is disconnected from his father who passed away. They never got to like, you know, fix their relationship problems. And then at the end of the movie, he gets that chance, even mm-hmm. though his father had passed away. 
and he said that he's 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 met a ton of people who still are not really what they would call like you know baseball you know they they, they wouldn't call themselves baseball fans but it's their favorite movie simply because of that even though it's a baseball movie it more has to deal with loss than it does anything else and i like that idea of like that like loss that never really got like never got resolved like because you know in movies everyone gets like the perfect deathbed moment where you know you say Mm -hmm. the perfect words to each other and the dying person has just the the most wisdom in the world as they're dying and like that's not how that works like you know people die on weird in weird parts of their relationship or weird parts of their life and like i think that's really cool and you're right it's more universal than just baseball yeah and it just happens that baseball was the tie-in of their uh, of the tie-in of their relationship but um, they are doing this again next year. Oh. Um, the Chicago Cubs, which have which has a huge fan base in Iowa because of where Iowa is compared to Northern Illinois, makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's why the White Sox were also probably chosen because of the proximity to Chicago and the movie and everything and Iowa and White Sox fans and whatever. But I was hoping that they were going to do Cubs Cardinals since of its a rivalry and. Mm-hmm. St. Louis, Missouri isn't that far away from Iowa. They're not. Oh, what are they doing? They're they're doing it with the Reds, which which they are technically the oldest baseball franchise in the U.S. So oh, okay. that makes sense. It makes total sense that that you know th- 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 that the Reds would be part of it. I'm upset because I love watching retro Cardinals jerseys on on the players, and yeah. I and I. And I obviously would have gotten that, but I get why they're doing the Reds, because the Cardinals and Cubs played in London like two years ago. Oh, cool. So they're, you know, they're trying to break that up. So I I understand. I wonder where they played here. I wonder if it was the Lord's Cricket Field. No, uh, Wimbledon. <laughs> oh, Wimbledon. Oh, okay. I'm close to yeah, that. Yeah, pe- people were mad about that because they tore up the pitch to put oh. down the baseball field. And sure. you know how those football fans over there, like... It, it's like the Grand Cathedral. You 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 know you break a blade of that grass, and, and you're not a player. They'll cut your head off. They'll cut you. Listen, when COVID started, there was a joke going around that they were going to fill Wimbledon Stadium with uh with a giant lasagna to help feed everyone, and that the NHS, the National Health Service, was going to do that, and people believed it. It was yep. amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to find the link to our Field of Dreams episode, but I have no idea when we did that. It was early because it was before me. No, yeah, you, well, were here, you were here for it, it weren't no, you? No, no, no. I didn't do Field no. of Dreams with you guys. No. It, That's a pre-Devin it was, thing. It was, it was, we recorded that two weeks after you watched it because I was still working with Walmart and my ah. schedule was completely upside down. Ah, good old Walmart. Messing yeah. Up. Well, if you want to listen to my, mine, and Devin th- mine and Ryan's thoughts <laughs> on uh, Field of Dreams, you can check out the link in the chat now. Nice. I found it. I, just, I thought Devin was on that show. I, th- I feel like Devin's been on the show the whole time. <laughs> um, just in spirit. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, towards the end of this baseball season, I'll be pulling out the uh, the last uh, Kevin Costner baseball movie out of the, the hat for the hat trick for the podcast. So, Which one's that? For, for the love of the game. Got it. Okay. Which, which, which was a year going to have homework on that one, just so you know. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so if anybody can go and, you know, watch the opening of that game, at least, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's, 
It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Tell us I how you that. really it's, feel. Yeah. Oh, th- that, I mean, like I said before, I was getting chills just explaining it. Like, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. All right. Uh, yeah, that film was directed by Sam Raimi, so. Uh, was it? Yeah. Not Field of Dreams, the uh, last one that Ryan's Oh, 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 gotcha. For the love of the game. Streamlabs mm-hmm. is acting all kinds of weird today. So are we still are we still good? We're still streaming. It's just not cooperating with the posters, like I want it to. Gross. That should be good now. Uh, all right, so let's get into today's today's main topic. Now that we're halfway through the show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's okay. This will be great. Yeah, talk, Ryan got to talk about his two favorite things: Denzel Washington and baseball. <laughs> and baseball. It it's is. been a good day for Ryan. <laughs> yeah. All right, so today's film is. Devin's pick, so I'm just going to throw it over to Devin. Take it away. Hey, thanks. So today we're talking about the 1996 movie Mars Attacks. This was directed by Tim Burton and stars literally everyone under the sun. To give you a (laughs) smattering of who's in this movie, uh, we have Jack Nicholson in a dual role, Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Rod Singer, Tom Jones, Lucas Haas, Pam Grenier, Natalie Portman. Actually, this is just the whole cast. Uh, Jim Brown, Lisa Marie, and Sylvia Sidney. There's a lot of people in this freaking movie. And I, it was it was my my pick because, A, it ties into the season of Fortnite that we've been doing, and, B, found that Alan hasn't seen it, and I think that it's a travesty that Alan hasn't seen it. Uh, now, before I kick things over to you guys, I just wanted to let you guys know where I'm coming from with this movie. I hadn't seen this movie in years. This movie was a what I like to call Dad and Devin movie. I had a period when I was in uh, my adolescence where I had really bad insomnia. And every time that I would have really bad insomnia, I would mosey my way out into the living room where my dad, who never slept either, would be sitting. He would go, can't sleep, and I'd go, can't sleep. And we would drive out to Taco Bell, get tacos, go to Blockbuster, where it was across the street, rent a movie, drive back home, and we would watch that movie and eat Taco Bell at like two in the freaking morning. And it was great. And I remember like every movie that I watched that way because it was like a cool time for me. And this was one of them. I have such great memories of this movie. I rewatched it. I won't tell you what I thought about the rewatch for now. But Ryan, you've seen this movie before, right? Oh, plenty of times. I own it on DVD. Okay, good. So tell, tell, me, how, tell me how you feel about the movie. Tell me what your history is. I want to know all of it. Well, my history of the movie was... Um, don't, my dad asked me one day, so you liked you liked Independence Day, right? Because we went to go see Independence Day. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, let's go watch another alien invasion movie. Because, because Independence Day came out in the summer of 96. This one came out in December of 96. Yeah. And it was amazing. I loved every second of it. Um, it also helped that I had seen a lot of like old school sci-fi before this so i got a lot of the humor in it um but this is a movie that i'll watch maybe like maybe twice or three times a year Mm -hmm. um depending on how i feel uh but it's just it's a good comedy that makes fun of a whole subgenre yeah and it's done right with the right casting i don't see how how this could be any better better with anybody else playing any of the characters so that's my thoughts (laughs) thoughts. uh okay so then 
I mean, obviously, you guys know that I loved it. I, I like this movie a lot. I watched it again. I think it's wonderful. Um, I learned so much about the movie researching for it, but the moment we're waiting for, Alan, this is your first watch of it. What did you think? <laughs> Good. I don't think I can put it any clearer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I think you nailed it. Uh, I don't think the mic picked it up at first because <laughs> it's it weird. Um, okay, so I have two feelings of this film. I absolutely love what they do in the first half of this movie. Mm-hmm. It loses me in the end. Really? Yeah, it becomes a bit of a mess for me and hard, to, like just. It does something. It does satire so well for the first half, and then at a certain point, it just becomes Mars attacking, and it, it loses me there because that's not as interesting to me as what they were the story they were telling with the the humans being like, eh, they come in peace. Like I like yeah. the na- <laughs> the naivety of the the government being like. They're not gonna attack us. Like they're coming in. Like the scientists being like, "Oh yeah, no." Like, like I enjoyed all of that. And then when the, all of that was gone, and it just mm-hmm. became them destroying things, it's like, okay. Like I'm not as I'm not. I wasn't enjoying it as much. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. where I'm I mean, I can I I could definitely see that though. I get it. I mean. It, at some point, it has to drop a little bit of the facade of the satire and has to say, okay, now, you know, we've built this up. Now we have to give some sort of payoff to all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was the, So I, I wanted to get your guys' history then on these, like, schlocky B science fiction, like, movies from, like, you know, sci- that would play, like, Sci-Fi Channel at Midnight. Like, do you guys have these, like, like a history with those movies? Have you watched those? The only one that I've seen, and I wouldn't even call it a, a like a sci-fi B movie, is Ryan had me watch back before you joined the show. I guess you haven't been on the show forever. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still is about the closest I've seen to that era of sci-fi film, but I'm mm-hmm. aware of it. I've seen enough of The Simpsons; they parody those enough that I know like, sure. I'm aware of what the stuff is. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember watching some episodes of uh, Mysteries Theater back in the 90s and like seeing Love them it. make fun of those movies um but yeah i'm aware of the 1950s alien invasion genre overall so i can appreciate what Good. they're doing there ryan do you have any history with this this genre oh, yeah. or subgenre? um the original uh the original the day the earth stood still mm-hmm. um was it planet x the yeah it was the other movie that it was a movie that that, that 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 you had on your option list. Oh, Plan Nine from Outer Space. That one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've seen that. I've seen a whole host of the 1950s, like even like the late 1950s, like black and white men in rubble rubber suits, yep. you know, <laughs> stuff. And that's what I love about this movie is that it's making fun of all of that. And even the period acting, mm-hmm. um, even I mean, like this was made in 96. Yeah. They could have gotten Humvees. They could have gotten mm-hmm. Abrams tanks. They could have gotten Blackhawks for this. But no, they went Hueys and Jeeps and tanks from like the 1960s to make it, you know, to, 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 
just just to kind of shove it that it's like this might be taking place in the 90s but this is definitely a 1950s alien invasion movie <laughs> yeah and it did it did so much that like so much right in in that genre and that's why i wanted to know what your guys's like background in it was because basically like if you don't know the tropes of this genre i think this movie comes across as really weird like yeah, looking does. like looking through this this like looking up stuff for this movie, I was genuinely shocked to see it sitting at like a six point three out of ten on IMDB. I think like overall it has like a, a Rotten Tomatoes score of something like fifty five percent. And like for me, this movie is great. I could watch this movie all the time. But I mm-hmm. get it. Like I get why. Like if you're not familiar with the, the genre tropes, it's like. This is a mess. Why is everything so loud? Why is everybody this loud stereotype of whatever they could be? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm glad you guys had some history and could then appreciate it, like, for what it was. Yeah, because, I mean, you've got... Let's just take Pierce Brodnan's character mm-hmm. as an example. He is the Dr. perfect Fauci. stand. Yeah. Hmm? He's pretty much the Dr. Fauci of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Pierce Brodin's character is the best stereotype of every scientist in any 1950s alien movie, invasion or not, mm-hmm. where he's the know-it-all, you know, people people ask questions he couldn't possibly know about an alien race from, like, a radio message, and he has answers on the spot of, like, what type of air they breathe. Yep. Like, it was absolutely perfect. And just, like, the arrogance of it. At the same time, like it was again perfect casting role, and and the and the way that it was done, the way that it was the the the, the way that he portrayed the character was dead on to almost, like I said, almost every other science character I've seen from those movies. Well, and that's the thing is, I feel like we've all seen a science fiction movie from the lens of one of those characters. Like we've mm-hmm. all seen the science fiction movie starring. You know, Jack Black, the hillbilly, who's, I'm going to go fight a bunch of aliens, ma. And then he goes and saves the day. We've all seen, you know, quirky upstart reporter from fashion show lead the way with aliens. Or, like, you know, overly humble Marine be the first one to make first contact. Like, we've all seen that. And they're yeah, all in this movie. it's called Independence Day. Exactly! <laughs> <laughs> they were just cribbing notes from next door when they were doing this. So... That, that's one thing that stood out to me a lot was we've talked a bit on the show before about the, the, the film film parallels like mm-hmm. Volcano and Dante's Peak or The Prestige and The Illusionist. I would put these two in the same in the same category, but they're two different genres. Like one's going for the last. The other one's going mm-hmm. for like, welcome to Earth. Like just <laughs> um I, and, you know, I think that if I was my my bitter self in 1996 and wasn't an untainted, you know, six-year-old who was still enthralled with the world, I would be like, too many Alien Invasion movies this year. I don't like either of them. And, like, would just be mad at it for that reason. I think you're right, Alan. But I, I like, I think watching Independence Day makes this film funnier because it's making fun of the kind of thing that independence day does without being a direct parody of that yeah because i mean independence day is pretty much a modern take on the movies that mars attacks is making fun of Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't say that mars attacks is like 
granted times they came out yes i mean you could definitely say that these were like a pair i mean yeah they're pretty much holding hands coming out of the door <laughs> um but i i wouldn't say that mars attacks is specifically a spoof and i know that's not what you're saying i'm just in general yeah. you know for devin's it, you know old self yeah it's not making fun of independence day but independence day and mars attacks was taking notes from the same source yeah. material yeah and, it, and, and that's where the similarities came from yeah and mm-hmm. looking at them now it the beats that mars attacks is making fun of independence day did in a 90s action style yes yeah Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know this, and okay. I don't know if you did. Do either of you know where the idea for Mars Attacks came from? Trading card game. Yeah, I didn't know that. Did you know that? I did know that. Did you have what the trading, trading cards? Card game? I Tops. did not. It was a top trading like, card game. Like the people that make the baseball cards? They made a series of cards called Mars Attacks, and these are all based on those cards. And now I want to know if some scenes in the movies are just recreations of what the cards are. I think they are. Hang on. So, Tops makes more than just sports cards. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Who do you think Fun. makes all those okay. cards I give you when I when I go antique? Are those all Speaking Tops of, cards? There are several. They are. There are several different card companies, yeah. not just Tops. No, Tops does all kinds of stuff. Um, Okay, cool. But yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you can find books of the Mars Attacks cards, like just what they were. Um, it's funny. They all kind of look... I mean, I, I just pulled them up. They look almost exactly like it. It's really funny to look at. Yeah, and I think um, that... I think... Oh, my God. The uh, poster keeps changing on me. Aw. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Tim Burton knew the cards, and that's why he wanted to make the movie, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's why. I just, I've just i never actually seen the cards until just now. And I could have looked it up before. I'm glad I didn't. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm learning new stuff here. Um, <laughs> okay, so what what trope, what movie cliche, what anything did you guys like in this movie? Or like that this movie... I... So... I don't. I don't know if it's a trope, but I think it's a. Uh, well, no, it's got to be a trope. The first lady. What was the actress's name again? Again, I'm bad with names. Uh, it was Glenn Close. Yeah, Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Highly, highly known actress that I couldn't remember the name of. Okay. Um, her going like this. <laughs> Every single time there was something going on, because I can't tell you how many times you would have specifically a woman in these older 50s movies act shocked. Yep. And they do a focus on the face of her looking shocked. And I I love that they got it, that, that caliber of actor, act uh, of actress, mm-hmm. to play that role. Specifically to just do that. Yep. <laughs> And just be just the worst person in the first scene of the movie. <laughs> oh, she is. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you just leave the Roosevelt room the way that the Roosevelts wanted it? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Devin, what's yours? So mine is, my favorite trope that they make fun of is the the scientists decoding the language of the aliens and just figuring it out based on good old-fashioned know-how. And I think my favorite part, because that happens, I think it's the, the the rule of three. I think 
three times they mess up the alien translation. Yeah. My favorite one is one of them's holding a translator running down the road going, we come in peace while they kill everybody. <laughs> I love it. That, I think that that was the, from when I was a kid, uh-huh. if I remember correctly, that got the biggest laugh in the audience because i remember my dad was crying he was laughing so hard at that specific time like (laughs) in the movie for me it's the uh the alien's ultimate weakness being the yodeling (laughs) like mark like um war uh war the worlds war the worlds does like oxygen is what gets them and then like signs it's water here it's just yodeling. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the quiet place is doing that right now. Yodeling? Feedback it's just big microphone feedback. But like the end of it when he like radio broadcasts the yodeling, that's the end of Quiet Place 2 spoilers. Yeah. That's the end of the first one. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's the end of all of them is hey, that's let's take <laughs> let's dumb. take this noise and let's let all the aliens hear it now. Well, I mean at the same time. Knowing, knowing, knowing how that sound affects them at the frequency that he's doing it at, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. But I, I hate the fact that they're doing that. But John Krasinski, I need, I need all right. To see it, but John, so. but John I, I Krasinski. Don't, I don't care who, just who is. <laughs> Everybody do their best, Jim, into the camera. <laughs> um, so oh, one, th- one thing, I, there, there's a few things I want to talk about. With this movie, and the first one is the cast. I want to make a few notes about this. Uh, one had no idea Natalie Portman was in this. Two, nice, didn't know that uh, Jack Nicholson was in it twice. <laughs> <laughs> and it baffles me that Danny DeVito is on the poster and Martin Short isn't. That's a good point. I completely agree. Because he's but not in it long, Danny DeVito. He's not. <laughs> we see him once at the beginning. Is, like, is that all we're going to see of Danny DeVito? And then he comes back. Um, but then I remember who's directing the movie. <laughs> and right. when this came out. So him and Danny DeVito, like, Tim Burton's working with the Joker and the Penguin again and on this one. Um, he's back in his comfort zone. Yeah. So, the, like, the only Tim Burton regular who's not in this from the 90s is Johnny Depp. Which is kind of a shame. Yeah. I feel like he'd fit well into the movie. Like, he would be a, a good stereotype to fit in the movie. Because he does that. Where would you put Johnny Depp? Like, which character would you have him play? Johnny Depp would be the so over it teenager who saw this coming because of technology. He would be the, you know, how like... Oh, so you're oh, making God. a new character. I meant which actor, which actor would you replace oh, with Johnny Depp? Oh, who would I replace with Johnny Depp? Yeah. I would, I would replace... say Pierce Brosnan. Oh, I would almost replace. Um, I actually don't know if I know this this actor's name. Uh, Jack Black's brother. Oh, uh, that was uh, Lucas Lucas Haas. Yeah, I yeah. Because I would replace him with Johnny Depp. Because that's the one. That's the one actor. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. that didn't really like. Everybody else made their character their own mm-hmm. and like made it part of their own like public eye stereotype of how people see them. 
you know, like in real life. Mm-hmm. He's the only one I feel that was like just playing the role. Like there really wasn't any development needed for that. It was just him reading lines. I could definitely see Johnny Depp doing that. I changed yeah. my answer. I want Johnny Depp to play Tom Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was um, one of the that's one of the things that modern day has ruined me for. I love that Tom Jones was in it. I love that he was singing that particular song. I miss the Carlton yeah. dance. Yeah. Um, oh, Ryan, no, really? What? Ryan, do you not know what that is? Okay, so you, 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 you've got to understand. I have a hard time sometimes taking uh-huh. stuff I don't really hear that often okay. and putting an image or a picture with it to understand what is being talked about. So that song in particular has a really great uh, part in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air TV show where Carlton, uh, Will Smith's... Yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that, that one. Okay, yeah. That, that's, that's, now that's the I know what I you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay, so now, so now you know, yes, I do know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's good. Just, you know... I was going to say, otherwise we have homework right like, now. You, you just kind of go kind of quickly sometimes, and my oh, brain yeah. is, like, trying to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other part that I had in my notes while we are just talking about the cast is... This is going to sound so awful. Or, or maybe not, but guys... I just loved seeing Michael J. Fox acting again. Like, I mean, I, I I don't know how far along he was in his illness at this point. I am so used to only seeing him in Back to the Future. I think it's like the only thing I watch him in. And it was so nice to see him in a different role. This was definitely before he came out with his diagnosis. Really? Okay. Yeah, because he came out with that when he was on Spin City. And that didn't start until 96. And he was two or three seasons into it at that point. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Michael J. Fox is great in anything. Um, yeah. Like, going back to uh, Family Ties, and uh, I've never seen Teen Wolf. But Back to the Future, like... <laughs> I mean, Back to... He, he's good in Teen Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is. But yeah, yeah he, I, he's I don't know. Great, it was just he, nice to see it. Even with his, even with his illness, like... Mm-hmm. His episodes of Scrubs are some of my favorite episodes of Scrubs. And yeah, it adds I forgot some, about that. And it, it like he uses it to his advantage and gives a great performance with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love me some Michael J. Fox. Yeah, it was just so nice to see him. Did you have the same thing, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like, I like... I definitely like seeing him in it. I didn't even, the whole thing with his illness didn't even mm-hmm. cross my mind, to be honest. Sure. Um, but I like the, I like the lack of chemistry that he has with his girlfriend yeah. in the, in this, um, simply because like, it's more or less, you can tell that it's, it's not something serious. It's pretty much they're both just media personalities that met and decided that they were going to be a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I even like her in this. I, I, actually, I like her in this a lot more than I like him in it. Because I, mean, I just great. find she's great. And I love the. the... Yeah. <laughs> and she's talking to Pierce Brosden with the chihuahua body and he admits that he's had like a schoolboy crush on her and she gets all happy and they translate that to like dog body language with like yeah. the happy feet and the tail 
Like, it just, it, it's, they could have just had her just stand there with the dog body and not actually do, like, what a dog would do when it was happy. And they, they went the extra mile and they did that. Like, yep. that was... <laughs> so then, one of the things that I thought it was going to really bother me, like, just taking a peek back in the movie before I rewatched it, was, like, the, the special effects. If I remember right, I think this is LucasArts doing the special <clears throat> effects. Or, no, it's Industrial Light and Magic uh, Same doing thing. it. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, it's all, so, they're all based on Skywalker Ranch. So Fair. <laughs> so what did, how did you guys feel like the, the special effects held up? Like, did you think, like, yeah, what did you think? I mean, they're definitely stylized, and I think that helps it not age as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're going for like a certain style, the style of the trading cards from the fifties, I think it definitely blends in better, and it's it's not as jarring as some CGI from the nineties. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it aged very well. I think it's very well done. Um, like what Ryan's got on his pin? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan was jealous of all my pins, so he had to take one that I that I gave him and. Put it up right in front of his mic. Ryan, what did you think but of yeah, special no, effects? I I agree. The, the fact that they're stylized to make it look like you know from like the 1950s, and you've got the metal on the spaceships is like uh, textured, so it makes it a bit easier to mm-hmm. to, to see that. And th- that question is always a. Uh, that's always a loaded question with me mm-hmm. about looking at CGI from like past films, because as long as the CGI was okay or up to date for its release, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. I have issues when you've got like the remake of the day the earth stood still with Keanu Reeves, where the special effects in that are like six years behind okay. <laughs> what they were from the release of the film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, even even the way that the aliens were done, mm-hmm. like even like the CGI for them when they're walking around and talking and their little like ghibli things are moving on yeah. their like jawline, I mean, it, it all works still today, and and it's because it's stylized. Yeah, I mean, you're right, and it's I, that was I think what I was pleasantly surprised by is I I saw stills and went, this is going to be awful. <laughs> and then watch it, and I was like, oh, no, this is actually really good. It all fits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I've got a question for you guys. Okay. Is this the best genre film? This Was this the last good genre film that Tim Burton made? <sighs> That's a I good question. I, 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 I have it up. I can give you the list. So Okay. This is, after Mars Attacks, this is what Tim Burton directed. Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. which I have not seen, but I've heard decent things about. I haven't seen anything. Planet of the Apes with Marky Mark. Uh, tr- I'm only I'm only doing genre ones, so ones that fit like mm-hmm. the sci-fi fantasy genre. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie. Uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Particular Children and Dumbo. The only ones the, I did not list on there were Big Eyes and Big Fish because sure. the temper in big big movies are 
standouts. Their I own think. thing. Like they're they're their own thing. They're not his typical like fantastical Beetlejuice type fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Then I would say yes. I think that of those you listed, and I like a lot of the ones you listed a lot. I think this one's the best one of all of those. I really do. I think the one that would give me the most pause was I I just really liked Sweeney Todd. Um Yeah, I, I like Sweeney Todd a lot. I think this is an objectively better than movie movie than Sweeney Todd. Okay. I'm putting Sleepy Hollow down on my movie list to have you two watch yep. it. See, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So, like, yeah, I know, and like, so to me, it, it's a tie between Sleepy Hollow and Mars Attacks. Okay, okay, because because Sleepy Hollow was done in such a way that it, like it's not like Mars Attacks is a parody done of the old sci-fi films. Sleepy Hollow is more of a like let's take the classic, you know. Uh, I, I I know it by Sleepy Hollow so much I forget what the actual story's name is uh, the story that it's based on the headless horseman um, the yeah the, yeah that the Ichabod Bob Crane yeah. thing yeah um, he takes that and he's like okay so what if we actually told a real no holds bar version of this story hmm. and that's what Sleepy Hollow is. In all of Tim Burton's glory, <laughs> all, all, all I know, all I know okay. about uh, Sleepy Hollow is Christopher Walken plays the headless horseman. And what? I, yeah, yes. all, all I'm looking, all I'm looking forward to is, ow, my head. <laughs> I don't happen? even know where to begin with that. I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, he doesn't really. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you now that he doesn't really talk. He's never head. No, no, no. He did. He doesn't talk. Like, okay. He doesn't. His teeth are filed into sharpie points. Oh, weird. Like I said, it's a no holds bar storytelling of the whole Ichabod Crane thing. That's cool, um, man. Tim Burton so really. Too... Tim Burton gets actors that he likes to work with, and then just keeps working with them. Because I forgot. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I just. I straight up forgot Christopher Walken was in uh, Batman Returns. Yeah, oh, it makes yeah. you wonder what what did mm-hmm. Billy D. Williams do to piss off Tim Burton? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, so, um, but I would definitely put Sleepy Hollow and Mars Attacks on okay. a tie, okay. simply because I enjoy them both like equally at the same amount, and they're two different tones. Okay. So it's really hard to put one over the other. Okay, now my my, ne- my next Tim Burton mm-hmm. question is: What mm-hmm. is your favorite Tim Burton movie? Man, it's between, after rewatching this, it's between this, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Beetlejuice. I need to rewatch Beetlejuice. Not counting a Nightmare Before Christmas. He produced it. Not counting. Between this and Beetlejuice. Okay. I'm going to say it's it's a toss-up between Beetlejuice and his Batmans. Okay. I collect collect so much of his Batman stuff, it's not even funny. Like, (laughs) I, I just bought more. I'm looking to see if it's behind you. I don't see any of it. Uh, I just see the pin. No, not yet. I can get it if you want. I just got the graphic <laughs> novel of Batman Returns. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. A, was it like yeah. originally from like the from when it was released, or is it like uh, an updated oh, yeah. no, one? It's actually from when it really was released. Like, wow. I have a lot of the vintage stuff from Batman and Batman Returns. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna it, again. 
it's a tie, and it's not going to make any sense with what I just said before. <laughs> no worries. Um, Batman 89 and Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Okay. Actually, yeah. I want to change my answer. I, completely, yeah. I I discounted it from the list before, but Big Fish is up there for me. Big Fish is so good. It is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sad it, you've all seen it, because I would make us oh, watch it. Yeah. He, he he worked on nine. Yeah, that makes me happy. That makes me it. really yeah. happy. I no no no. I said he worked. <laughs> yeah. I saw that and I said he worked. He 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 was one of the producers um, on nine. I'm, I'm that makes well, me happy. While we're talking about Tim Burton, uh, have you guys seen that he's doing the Wednesday Adam show for Netflix? I think he's the only one that could do it. Honestly, it actually made the news. Mm-hmm. It made the news last week that they cast Gomez and Morticia. Who are they? Yeah. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones is playing Morticia Adams. Aww. And Luis Guzman is Gomez Adams. Luis Guzman, like, from Ant-Man? No. Luis Look him Guzman, up. Look him up. Luis, if you saw him, you would know him. Luis Guzman from Greendale Community College. <laughs> oh, that guy. Okay. Yep. Yep. I know some people who aren't too happy with that casting. <laughs> oh, I'm so pumped for that casting. He's like, perfect. Yeah, it's perfect casting for, for me. Well, okay. No, so- no, no. To, 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 yeah, no. To me, it is for how old he's going to be. Yes, it makes perfect sense. But I, there are some people that, that there are some people that I know who are so hung up on like the way he's always been portrayed that mm-hmm. they're upset that it's like an older guy. I mean, but here's it's whatever. Here's the, the thing. Aged. This is going to tie into my next question, though. I love that, like the the deal with the Adams family is that they're the exact opposite of the standard American sitcom. And the Adams parents love each other, and that's like their shtick is that they're a loving husband and wife, and that's different from sitcoms. I like that. That's fun satire. Okay. So leading into my question, uh, I read about this movie Mars Attacks. That I mean, it is satire. We know it. We can agree on it. Is it mean spirited satire? Because there's a difference. Like we've all seen satire for something that you know a genre that the director and that the writer cl- clearly loved, and we've also seen mean spirited satire. Is this I mean? I for okay. I have two answers to this. For 1996, <laughs> no. Okay, right. 2021 right. hits the nail on the head a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially with the uh, people's attitudes towards things obviously happening and just ignoring them, I mm. think it it hits a little too close to home now in spots. Um, I really like Jack Nicholson as a president. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. especially an ignorant one, like one who's like, ah, no, it's okay. We don't need to nuke him. It like, you just slowly see his, uh, resolve, like disappear mm-hmm. as he goes through the movie. Um, yeah, that's, that's my opinion. What do you think, Ryan? I kind of, I got to agree with Alan. It's just, uh, I don't think it's mean spirited. I just, to me is, to me, this is what happens when you get someone who's a fan of something that's kind of aged and no longer in the limelight that doesn't really have like a vocal fan base. And they're like, you know, I want to, I want to make my own version of this, but I want to hit everything of why I like it. Yeah. And then just turn it up to 11. <laughs> just turn it so, up. So <laughs> here's a question for you. You think in 1996, Bill Clinton saw this like, hey, the Kennedy room. I like that idea. 
And the fact that you had to lift off his head to get to the bun, guys, <laughs> too I soon. Mean, that, that's straight out of Batman. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think of it like that. Oh, I did. Oh, well, oh. Uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> I made it awkward. I'm it, sorry. Hang on, is that Clinton's head that he? No, it's, it's Kennedy. JFK's up? head. No, I was making oh, Kennedy. Ken, it's Kennedy's head. It's Kennedy's head. Yeah. yeah no, I was making. Okay. A... Now, now I good. Okay. I'm good. I heard you say Clinton, oh, and then yeah. it. And the audio cut for a second, so Uh-oh. I didn't hear whose head you said got okay. lifted up, and then Alan went all like that, and I was like, hang on a second, Clinton's head was in this? I didn't remember Clinton's head. No, Clinton's head was in, oh, never mind, I'm not going to say it. Not going to say yeah, it. I, know. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, technically there was a Kennedy room? I mean, Yeah, like but not this. used for that. Um, no, yes, uh, so here's the thing. What? For, for everybody here who does, uh, who's of a certain age, who doesn't really remember what happened with the whole Clinton thing, um, there was a release because of, you know, it, the impeachment, um, that there was an, a, an adjoining room, like a mini bedroom slash thing that trails off from the Oval Office. So in case, like, he can't get back to the normal residence in the building because something's going on where he needs to be by, you know, his workstation 24-7 at the White House, there's like a mini bedroom off to the side. Yeah. Where where do you think him and Lewinsky went? <laughs> Ooh. There there was a Kennedy room. There's going to be <laughs> a TV a... show about that soon. There is American yeah. uh, Crime Story. Yeah, I, which I, the I, first I, two I, seasons I, of are great. I haven't seen the second season. I watched the OJ Simpson great. one. Yeah, it was so. good. I'm excited um, for it. Okay, final thoughts on Mars Attacks. God, I love me some satire. Really, that's it. I mean, if you guys want to win my heart, show me more satire. I love it. Okay. okay. Oh, I've got some good satire ones coming in. Like, Good. I've got some good ones for you. All right. So. Oh. Ryan, I, I don't. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if this movie contributed to me not liking country music or not, because this was the first <laughs> time I watched a movie where country music was like a thing yeah. in it. And and it was the thing that killed all the aliens. Um, so I'm not sure if this contributed to my, like, eh, on country music or not, but it could have been. Um, but I love the tail end of this because it's making fun of the aliens destroying landmarks. Yeah. yeah. Particularly with the bowling ball in the on Easter Island. Perfect <laughs> scene. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> me, it so, yeah. makes me wonder if that's a trading card. It almost, it feels it's like they have be. to be. Yeah. So the, I'm surprised that it's, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> the, the weirdest thing for me about the ending is that Natalie Portman just shows up again out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, she there. disappears in the White House, and then she's just okay. And evidently, she's in charge. The, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, all of the branches are gone. I mean, I mean, who's going to hand out... The metal, the 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 the, the, the Monarachi band that's standing next to him. I think they got the Monarachi <laughs> band. <laughs> um, but see, that's uh, that's something that happens in those older movies where like you'll have a character that's attached to like a very important family or character, and they'll kill off half of those important characters, and this one character just disappears, and then boom, they're back. Uh, yep. And it's like they're. I mean, that's. That's a silly thing that happens in these old alien movies. I have a different theory. I have a theory on where she went. Okay. I think there's a whole subplot that was deleted from this where she is rescued by the two boys who have the alien guns in the White House. 
you know what? Oh, I those bet... two guys are great. Well, that's another one of those tropes where, like, the video games equals good at guns yeah. right away trope. Like, yeah. I thought that I, was fun. But I, I think you're like right. I think there's more to that, and I think that got cut because of the kids' stuff in Independence Day. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that myself. So, yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my take on it. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the film. It lost mm-hmm. me a little bit at the end, but I, if I ever see this on, like, but like, yeah, I'll watch that. Like, it, it's a, it's a good pairing. It's a good like a. As much as I love Independence Day, it's good to like sit back and just laugh at the kind of things that they do in that oh, movie. Yeah. And this is a good way to do that. So it's got a great cast. I, l- I love the Danny Elfman score because it wouldn't be a you have to watch this podcast if I don't bring up the score at some point. Uh, <laughs> but no, that that's all I've got for Mars Attacks. Cool. Yeah, that's all I got. It's hard to call it a good movie, but it's certainly a good time. Perfectly it is. stated. Well done. In the chat. Yes. The Silent Seven. All right. Thank you. So we've got some announcements to make again at the at the end of the show. Uh, first off, Ryan, next week it's your pick. What are you having us watch? Speed. Speed? Ooh. Ryan has the need I, the need for speed. Fine. I'm sticking to the blockbuster summer thing to get Devin's watch list taken care of. Get me so. caught up. Well, this is the this, yes. is, this is your last chance because school's starting. So yeah, last summer blockbuster. I don't, I don't care about kids going back to school as long as it's warm out. To me, it's oh, summer. Trying to find summer. Based on the pick that I have the week after you, we're wrapping up summer next week. <laughs> oh mine, no, mine, mine's an end of summer movie. So. Oh. Um, all right, cool. So right, we'll be do, doing speed next week. Um, Devin, you're done with the Fortnite adventure. What what are you going to be playing on Steam or on Twitch this week on Friday? Speaking of speed, it's nice that you mentioned that. So I give myself little challenges. The challenge was to get Rick, right? That was my challenge. My new challenge is to speed run the game Portal. So if you guys don't know anything about Portal, Portal was a game that came out in the early 2000s. It is a puzzle game that involves portals. The game itself is about three hours long. If you speed run it, it can be done in less than 15 minutes. My goal is to beat the game in at least, by the time from now, when I'm making this announcement, until the next time I, I pick the movie and we do my movie, so like, what, three weeks from now, my goal is to have the game beat in 25 minutes or less that puts me and i looked at the leaderboards squarely along the top 300 in the world so i'm not shooting high here guys i'm just shooting but it's still going to be interesting and it's going to be fun speedrunning game something i've always wanted to do to do a bit of a palette cleanse for what the game is going to be we're going to have ramana on stream and myself we're both going to be on stream friday and she's just going to be playing the game normally that's going to be our baseline for what the game looks like, it's going to reacquaint me with the game, and it's going to get fresh eyes on the game to see what it's looked like until I spend the whole, you know, rest of the stream trying to break it. And I, I feel like if you ever want to take a break from the speed runs, you and I will have to get on Portal 2 and do some of the multiplayer. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But it's um, going to be Portal Extravaganza from, from here on until my next pick, which will lead into a movie I have, and I won't tell you what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out. I don't know what the Portal Good. movie is. The only thing I can come up with is, is Avengers Endgame. Um, it won't be that all right so we have speed next tuesday we have portal on friday 
And don't forget that this weekend we are taking part in Victims and Villains Awareness-a-thon over on their Twitch channel. We'll be doing our What If review for the first two episodes of Disney Plus's What If, where they change one thing about a Marvel movie and uh, tell the story of, of that. Uh, the first episode was What If Peggy Carter took the Super so- Soldier Serum, and the next one is What If T'Challa was Star-Lord, which is a bit more of a stretch for me, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be a great show. Uh, 24 hours streaming on the, the Victims and Villains Twitch channel starting at noon on Saturday. We will be streaming our show. Devin and I will be doing our What If review at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, in addition to our review of What If, we will also have our own versions of What If for a non-MCU movie, a DC movie, and something whatever else we can come up with, like another movie. So non non-MCU Marvel movie, a DC film, and whatever else we can come up with. Mm-hmm. And, and then to piggyback on that, I'm also going to be streaming the game Destroy All Humans. Uh, I'm going to be streaming that game from 6 uh, a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is, oh my goodness, I think that's 11 to eleven to 1, I think. Yeah, 11 to 1, my time. So I will be doing that on Sunday. Uh, tune in. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, so that's what we've got coming up from You Have to Watch This Podcast. If you haven't already and you're on our Twitch feed, go ahead and hit that follow button. We, we're trying to get to 50, 50 followers so we can hit so affiliate close. status. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, share it with your friends. Uh, mm-hmm. You can also like us on Facebook for all, the, all of the latest from the show. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram for some fun stuff. we got some reels coming up here. Um, you can listen to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Um, and you want to make sure you, you, uh, follow us somewhere because we've got some exciting things coming in the pipeline that we're not ready to talk about yet, but let's just say, I think the internet's going to like the thing that we're going to (laughs) do. So they will to find out more, make sure you follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and all of that. So until next time for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Ryan, you're not joining, dang it. We come in peace. Yeah. Peace. That's good. I'll take it.